took me a couple of years to actually even like myself, let alone love myself. Yeah. And that, that took at least four years for me to love myself. And I still struggle with it. Sometimes. But here's the funny thing is like to the person that reached out about this one, when it comes to like self-care, self-love, how do you do that? I don't know. I'm not you. I even see. then, you got to go try. I don't even think you know if you're asking. Go try things. What up, everybody? Bob just said, tell me when it's safe to record. <laughs> I believe, I oh, believe there's shoot. a conspiracy happening where Chris has got all these saved files deleted and bloopers. Like, when it's safe. Just the horrible shit we talk about right before the show. It's never safe. <laughs> <laughs> what up, everybody? Welcome to the show. Welcome to Talk Hard Podcast. I did it. <laughs> Welcome back to the Talk Hard Podcast. Where we like to talk hard. Uh, Man, yeah. dude, I, I tell you what, what, what's going on today, bro? What's how you feeling today? I mean, I'm feeling great. Yeah, You're I mean, great. that's pretty normal for me, though. Everybody expects everybody to be perfect, and I don't understand the concept. When the reason I don't do it is if I dug into your closet and found something, and you dig into my closet and find something, we're both going to find something, right? Because nobody has never done anything that somebody can't judge them for. I don't care who you are. The difference is what people don't like is you get onto a platform that, so I always say that inward reflection leads to outward perception. Yeah. Usually when someone's mad, it's at themselves and they typically take it out on other people. And Most kind, of, kind, of, kind of like the man in the mirror too. Like, right. I, I, nothing you does bothers me or agitates me unless it's something that I do or I've done. Right. And I mean, that's how I am personally. Like I something in the somebody's agitating the shit out of me and they're doing stuff and I'm just like oh what the f are they you know oh and then I, if I get a if I get a check, chance to reflect on that it's because I do that too that's yeah. why that's why it bugs the shit out of me of course you know so they say a negative thought is upwards of seven to ten times more powerful than a positive thought and it voiced out loud is like a hundred times stronger than that. So a negative thought voiced out loud is like hundreds of thousands of times more powerful, right? So if you take that into like a mathematical equation and you say, if that's the way I have to exist and for every one bad thing that I do, I have to do a hundred thousand good things for me to even stay <laughs> balanced, right? Woo! Because that's, that's how it works. It doesn't matter what you did. And typically with people, it doesn't matter what you say. It doesn't matter what you did. It matters how you made them feel. Yeah, I agree with that. That's what they attach on to, right? Because it's the emotion. That's, what we're, that's how we're wired. It's what our memory does, right? I'm going to go ahead and say it, but I'm going to clarify before I say it. I do not have like a, a strong political stance. I don't really care that much about politics. However. I got a strong stance. I just don't talk about it. However, <laughs> people hate what they can't control. And what they can't do anything, they feel they can't do anything about. And if or it doesn't match their value, or they it. don't understand, right? Yeah. People were attacking, and it wasn't just Trump. There have been other presidents where they attack as if they had dinner with this person last night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's my point to it. Doesn't like That's just the, the nearest example to, how, to what I've seen the most of with people is you attack somebody as if you literally could pick up the phone and call this person. But here's the thing. You don't know I anything. Think, and that's the thing. I think you can only attack somebody if you did that. I agree. You know what I mean? I, otherwise, you're just ignorant to me, and I don't listen to any of it. Like I, uh, 
did you tell them that or did they say that to you? Okay, then I don't I don't care. So there comes a point where like with me and people have I've been dealing with this on different levels a lot of my life because I since I was a child was ingrained with I'm going to do what I want to do, period. Even my mom, when I was little, don't touch that. It's hot. Hold on, lady. I'll tell you if it's hot. Twice. And it was. But, again, <laughs> it, it was. I'm just wired that way. I'm going to do what I want to do, and I'll give the answers my way because that's the only thing that makes sense to me because a lot of your answers never made sense. So I'm going to do everything my way. So I'm ingrained the way of I'm going to live my life my way, right? Mm-hmm. And that's just the way that it's going to be. Most people live their lives where they're going to take instruction. So they take information from the outside has nothing to do with how they feel inside and they turn that into their reality and it twists things drastically for a reason because it actually doesn't make sense here's the reality of my opinion of recovery nothing's ever going to help you if you're not ready to get help now there are better places and some places that may make it harder right through I'm not a big fan of medically assisted treatment. I know that it has its place. I'm not I'm personally not a big fan of it. Um, had experiences with it. It didn't seem to do much for me in my experiences. It's put, it's, it's now, I'm not against a it. Everything, on cancer everything has a place. And if it's done right, just like any medication, it can serve a great purpose because I know the withdrawals of heroin and they are brutal and well, the first time the I thought about it, I did want to kill myself because it is so brutal. Well, that's the thing about medication assisted treatment it has a it has a space and and my belief and this is only my belief now there are people that i would wish would stay on very 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 a couple people that i know in my entire life which is one uh, two or three of tens of thousands of people that i've known that i believe should be on it for the rest of their life but i do believe that it has a space and i believe that space is called detox detox only you know and that's my belief now you know, just because I know that drugs and alcohol are not a problem and what when you give Suboxone, it's only trying to deal with the, the physical addiction right, of, of, right, of the right. problem. But our problem is, is spiritual. Our problem is behavioral. Our problem is all these different array of different things, uh, you know, behavioral problems and, and, and irritable, restless and discontent, and not knowing how to deal with life and not knowing, you know, how to react and how not to react to situations and, and what we should be involved in and what we shouldn't be involved in. And all of that takes a a lot of different types of help and when you're on a narcotic which is what mat is which is what methadone and suboxone is it's a narcotic for sure and it fogs your brain and it, it lowers your inabilities and all these different things it does to your brain and not right. to mention it's the world's most physically addictive drug on you know ever I mean, it's 50 times more addictive than i can kick heroin in five days you know it took me 30 some days to feel better off of sub- suboxone use right so it's it has have its purpose and my belief and this is only my belief and and, and I'm not saying uh, and I know everybody's got their own pathway to recovery I get it but I've had to deal with people who have been on Suboxone for three years five years ten years and then they're like I can't get off this drug and I'm like well what are you doing in your life like I'm not doing nothing so really you're not you're not doing like recovery isn't about the drugs it's absolutely zero about the drugs it's 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 more of a lifestyle like it's be, becoming your greatest version whatever that looks like to you right you know and you can't become your greatest version when you're horribly dependent on a drug that does get you high it does fog your brain it does physically addict you you know you just and that's my opinion okay um but since we're talking about this anyways cuz we got in the space one of our fans reached out 
I'm just going to say fans because it's on Talk Hard Fans Facebook page. Okay. It said boundaries. Let's talk about boundaries since we're talking about that space and what that looks like in recovery <laughs> specifically because I believe that a lot of my addiction came from a space as part of me having a difficult time setting boundaries. I was very afraid of the word no. a lot of us have. Right? I, and I again, we're going way past addiction at this level. I think 90 plus percent of the people in the world mm-hmm. are yes people. People pleasers. We all want to be people pleasers, and and, and that that in itself is an is an addiction. If an addiction it has nothing to do with drugs and alcohol, that itself is uh, is a problem with a lot of us because there's so much we can get say yes to everything, and get us so wrapped up in forty thousand. I mean, it just it, it's not good to be like I. The one thing addic- recovery has taught me is how to say no to something. You know, it's taught me like, hey, I need you to uh, no, I can't do that. I can't, I can't do that. I won't do that. No, I won't go to that place. No, I, because, I, you know, it's taught me. And what saying no is, is having a boundary. Right. Like I'm not going to put myself in that situation, and in that mind space. to be okay is the thing. Is like these people say, well, that's my boyfriend or my girlfriend or my wife or my husband. I tell my wife, I will always do what I can when I can. That's it. And if I can't? And if I can't, then I'm sorry. Like, that's that's the space that we live in, and it's not because I don't love you anymore or any less. That's the truth. And I, I want I, the same from her. Yeah, but, but what it does, it's a level of honesty. Because when you're saying yes to something that you can't do... It builds resentment. It, you're not going to do it. And what's what's not doing something that you said you were going to do? That's going to build resentments. That's going to build a, a wall between you and whatever's... And resentments build until they explode. And then they're exploding over a towel on the floor instead of what's actually really going on, right? And then you're fighting. Or I, I tell a friend, the same way with friends. You know, if I tell you I can do something and I don't do it, and then you spend the next three days going like, man, what the this mother? You know what I mean? Well, here's the problem. is that It's called a resentment. Most people think when they're saying yes, they're like, well, I could do it. Okay. Okay, say and that. What are you bitching about? Say that? Like, if you actually could do it, and yet you're bothered by the fact that you keep saying yes, then clearly somewhere in your brain, it's, you can't do it. You're just still struggling with, well, I wasn't doing anything else. Cool, then don't do anything else. That's okay. Just because you're sitting on your couch trying to relax, and someone reaches out for help, but it's the only day you've got to relax. And you think, oh man, this is my only day, but I'm not doing anything, so it would be the right thing to do. It's not the right thing to do if at the end of the day you've lost rest and now you're taking it out on others and now and, these all things are happening. And now you're resentment. And now yeah. you have resentment still. Because you Because did you it. didn't want to take care of yourself. This, yeah, is, yeah. this is part self-care. of self-care too. Yeah, yeah. Like you have to be willing to just say no. Yeah. That's part of a boundary. You also have to be willing to set realistic boundaries for things. And it's funny because you were talking about this book last week and so I got one of his books talking about love and relationships and it talks about the vows. Okay. And about how vows in reality are stupid. How so? Tell me about that. Through thick and through thin, through rich or through poor, like a lot of these people think that that sounds great, but when shit hits the fan, and you don't have to bleep this, it's <laughs> not, that's not the truth. There are people that are used to a lifestyle and think they found the one, and so they're going to stand up there and say, for rich or for poor, until you're actually poor. It's a lot different than when you got the 
<laughs> you know, we say that. When sounds, they said the vows at their half million dollar wedding, they weren't thinking that was actually going to happen. <laughs> and now they're. <laughs> Which is why, with with like my wife and our situations, and what I encourage others to do is, I don't love you unconditionally. Yeah, that's a. I don't love thing. anyone unconditionally. When when people say that, I'm just like, Ugh. do you realize how sick that is? There was one person on the planet or existence that was supposed to love people unconditionally. Jesus, God, period. That's it. That's an unconditional kind of love. That's somebody that will forgive you for basically anything. I think your parents might do that, too. Eh. Uh, <laughs> there are, I, know, I never really had There are know. a lot of parents out there that no longer speak to their children and vice versa. <laughs> it oh. is not my job to love my relatives if they do something that is beyond what I can bear. Yep. You've gone too far. There's a condition. There's a condition. Yeah. I have conditions on every bit of my love because I love me unconditionally. That's probably the only unconditional love I have is I allow myself to do whatever I need to do to get where I need to go. And I love myself for doing it and being strong enough to do it. And so part of setting those boundaries is honesty. And when you're talking about honesty, it's not just being honest with the other person. You got to be honest with yourself. You got to set these expectations like, Hey, I don't like it when you do that. And if you continue to do that, I'm not for it. Now, you can do whatever you want. Just understand the consequences of doing that mean me out the door. Well, and that's the sickness when, you know, we deal with a lot of sickness after people get into recovery. Mm-hmm. And because there's all this, one of the major things is, is codependency. You know, and that's a lot of where that unconditional love comes from is that codependency. Like, and what codependency is very sick. It's a very sick mindset to be in. It's almost as bad as addiction in itself because a codependent mother or daughter, uh, a codependent mother or father or a codependent spouse, like they, they have that mindset of unconditional love and they will get walked on and they will get trampled on until, you know, until they break. Until they spend all their money on said person and they're living out of their car because they got to bond their son out of jail for the 13th time or they got to, you know, pay for his, his, whatever, you know what I mean? It's just, it's a, it's a sick mindset to be in. And I deal with a lot of codependent parents and wives and husbands. And I, you know, I always have that conversation like this is this, you're talking to me now. So you've made a right first step, but now you got to listen to me. Like we are, we are shutting all that down. It is done. You're not going to pay, you know, it's, it's, it, it's easier to come from my perspective when it comes to codependency because like you're, it's, I'm going to explain to you how you're killing your son or your, your husband or your wife. See, I don't call that unconditional love. I call that unrealistic ego. Well, yes. I now love it's it. confused. I love it. I right? love it. They think they're being unconditionally loving. Well, what you actually think is you're so good that you can fix anything. Right. right and right. that ain't the truth because it's not what you were brought it, to the earth for. Well, and if as it a was true, otherwise. if it was true, it would already happen. Right. You would have done did it. Right. It's not helping you giving your son or your daughter $20 for a pizza when they're actively getting high is not helping a thing. Well, he needs his phone. No, no. Only person he's got on his phone is you and his drug dealer. You know, because he needs money from you to get his drug dealer. And that's it. Oh, he needs his car to get back and forth. He ain't worked in six months. Like, what do you mean? Well, he, you know, he, if I cut him off, he'll be out in the streets. He's been in the streets for six months. You ain't changed a damn thing. The only thing you're doing is it's called enabling at this point. The only thing that you're doing is helping him die 
or her. And the same thing goes for, again, not addiction. And now we're talking about relationship yeah. even is it the same thing. Well, he only screwed her once. Right, right, right. Let him get away with it and he'll do it again. I don't, I think it's always happened that, you know, I've been this guy. And I'm not just talking about him, girl, ladies too. Like it, men, women, doesn't matter if you. I've been on both sides. If you have allowed the person to go too far and just, well, this is what I have to do. Now, look, if you're capable of doing that, cool. Right. I've tried it once in my life. It did not work. You wasn't capable. It, it, like, I can <laughs> forgive you, but I can't forget. And so it becomes at that moment, whether I know it's healthy or not, a scorekeeping moment. Yeah. And then we're boundaries. Everything's out the window, right? Because now we're keeping score because now you've got one up on me because I'm not wired that way. So now you'll always have one up on me. And so subconsciously somewhere in my mind, I'm trying to find the way to even the score without going to your side of the playing field. Or what can I get away with that? Hmm. Well, I could always throw it back in their face, right? And it just doesn't work for me. So I'm very clear. No lying, no cheating, no stealing. Now I mean like serious lying. Don't go blow the mortgage on your hair. On blow. <laughs> on a car or on drugs. On blow. And then come home and tell me everything's going to be okay. Yeah, yeah. Because it's not. Because when you're married, you make serious. And I mean, don't lie about something serious. We're, we were supposed to make... Things that involve both of us, we both live under the same roof. If the mortgage is at risk and you didn't tell me about it, we got a problem. If the car gets towed and I walk outside, it's because the car payment has been made in four months and you didn't tell me about it, now I can't get to work, we got a problem, right? <laughs> on blow. <laughs> I don't care, you know what I mean? I'm like, spinning on blow. There's gambling problems, there's people that are just uh, bad with money, there's people that buy Louis Vuitton purses that can't afford the gas in their car, like, yeah. this is, we're all so stuck on material crap that that kind of stuff happens, but when it comes to setting boundaries and taking care of yourself, first it starts with taking care of yourself, and once you uh, learn to take care of yourself, the boundaries will just exist because you'll get so comfortable in this space that you don't want to allow people to take it from you. It goes even deeper though. And this is something we say in recovery a lot. Like you can never love another person until you love yourself. You, you can't, it's, 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 it's a, it's an impossibility. Like I, and I said this to lots of parents and of course they hit them in the gut, you know, uh, like you, you don't because having a feeling of love is not enough. Like I love you, but you are completely toxic for me and you bring out the worst in me. And when I'm around, you don't bring out the worst in me, but when I'm around you, the worst comes out of me. So that's toxicity, right? But you, you can't love your child until you learn to love yourself. You, and you won't, you, you, you say, I love my kids. Like, we get people in early recovery, and the first thing they want, you know, is the first thing they talk about. It's like, man, I got to see my kids. Like, you know, I'm like, you got two weeks clean. Like, you don't need to see your kids right now. That's net. They have been without you for X amount of however long. They're going to be fine. Right now, you need to work on you. Learn to love you, and you can love your children in a healthy way. Because right. right now, you love your kids, you love your wife, you love your mom in a very unhealthy way because you only love what they can do for you. And I mean, that is like how they make you feel, right? That's not, that's not love. That's like, I need you, I need you to make me feel better. That's unhealthy. So 
we deal with that a lot when it comes to you. And I believe that you cannot love another person until you love yourself. And that's what you get with so many people in recovery who want to get in early relationships because you took away my drugs, you took away my alcohol, you took away my party. The only thing I got left now is, is the sex. And we get sex and then we're, oh, we're in love because we felt some sort of little connection. And even if it's not it's sex, unhealthy. the companionship. Again, we're going back to that. I, just I, I need, think that's what I meant. I just need, yeah. well, no, there's a, a lot, for a lot of times is people just sex. Like that is the connection that they're looking for. That's yeah. all they really care about because that's, that's just the next addiction. And that's a superficial love. And it's because, and now you feel like you've got some feelings for said person. And you mistake it for love, and now you'll do anything in the world to do whatever that is to make that right, to fix that, to, to make that happen. And then next thing you know, the person who's sleeping with you in early recovery is probably messed up too. Mm-hmm. Right? You know what I mean? It, 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 you, you can put on, you can spray paint a dumpster, but it's still a freaking dumpster. Right. And if somebody's interested in, in, in making love to a dumpster... Well, there's, they got problems too. Yeah. You know what I mean? So a good person who's got their lives together and their shit together and they're doing things in their life, they're, they're not going to find somebody in early recovery who doesn't have a damn thing to offer them and be in love unless they have a lot of shit going on with themselves. You know what I mean? Well, that's the thing is like we, when you dive deeper into the psychological aspects of it all, and, and we've talked about this before, it's like, like attracts likeness, right? So if you're not ready and you know you're not ready and you go meet someone, you really think that you found the unicorn that is ready and is going to somehow and you'll overlook all magically kinds of make you ready? Like, no, you have to be ready first. Otherwise, if that person is ready and that is who you found, the chances of you lasting regardless because that person's not actually going to last with you. It doesn't yeah, matter which way there. you go. Yeah. And people, when they're setting boundaries, need to watch for the red flags. They exist we talk about for red a flag. reason. We talk about these red uh, red flags is trending, right? It's a trending <sighs> thing on social media. It's so sad, no, but that's that's what we do. Like when you're broken and you're you're not in love with yourself, you're not in love with your life and your situations and the things going on. Like you're you'll, typically you'll ignore that person. You'll ignore all the red flags yep. that of stuff that will actually really tear you apart later on oh yeah you know oh yeah like i caught him talking to this chick but he says they're just friends at work but i've caught him 14 times and then he was at her house last night when he left well they and were doing like, paperwork right <laughs> because they're both office clerks and that's what they need to be doing because they're getting paid yes. overtime for the like yes. whatever that looks like right it's like we see the obvious signs of things and then we do nothing about it and now be careful. And then we get mad. Because sometimes they're not actually red flags. We're making them red flags. And that's the hard part. If you have your own insecurity. <laughs> and then there's that. Yeah. And you turn what somebody is, else isn't doing for you into a red flag. And uh, now we're going back to the same point. Maybe that person has when, healthy boundaries. When you're not ready. You're not ready. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Red flag on the other side or your side. It doesn't matter. The red flag is the red flag. Whether you make it exist or not. When you're ready, you will attract someone. Who is ready? I tell you, I just had a conversation with somebody the other day, and she's early in recovery. I think she's got 60 days or something. And, you know, she was talking to this guy who's got a couple years, and I was like, first off, right there. Does that not say anything to you about said person? He's got a couple few years in recovery. He's got his life together. He's doing this and that. What do you think he wants? 
from you who has nothing to offer, what do you think he wants? I mean, I'm not going to tell you what he wants because I, I don't really know. But right. you, this is something for you to think about. Right. You know what I mean? Like, right. what do you think he wants? You think he's like, oh, well, she's probably going to be a good wife and she's got her own truck and a boat and a house and <laughs> she's taking care of her kids. She's a good mom. No, you got 60 days in recovery. You don't have shit. Think about it. Well, there is. Okay, so there is the other side of the fence and this is where I think that the the if you want to call it variable lies is like when I met my wife, I wasn't ready, but I told her that. Okay. And I gave her the chance to run, to run like hell. Jenny, why didn't you run? (laughs) You know, it was, I mean, you want to talk about an awkward dinner. We've talked about this before. Like I gave her the opportunity because I was up front, like, hey, I've still got a difference too. I've still got some things Let's and see. I'm willing to like go down this because I'm a good person, but there's some things that you may not like, and here they are. Well, that's the difference too, because that's communication, that's honesty. Right. Like, be if that's I think if people were just honest about their intentions, like, hey, you know, if we talk about sex, right? Mm-hmm. Or if we're talking about like, hey, my intentions are like this. Like I, I I do see you as a wife one day, and I think that we would be a great couple. What do you think? Right. Is that what you is that what you're seeing here? Right. Yes. Be honest. Right. Okay. So that's a good term. Yeah. But they're opposite sides. Like, look, man, I I don't want a relationship. You know, I, I at least not with you. But but I do want to have sex with you. What do you? How do you feel about that? <laughs> you know, be honest about it. I think we will. In not saying that that's right or wrong or indifferent, because who am I to say? But that's honesty, and that may may not. It may avoid a lot of resentments and hatred and 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 in the recovery world, maybe even relapse. See, here's the thing. People think that if I expose who I truly am because I know what I'm dealing with, yeah, then that makes me undesirable. Yeah, you won't what want me. They don't understand. You won't want me if I tell you. What they don't understand is that actually probably makes you, in my opinion, the most attractive person. I can deal with anything Chris. if I know what I'm getting into. Like, just like if to, I know come, what's coming. Come to the table and say, look, I'm really messed up, and this is a whole, here's my garbage on the table. Right. Are you still interested? Like, stop acting like you're perfect, because we know you're not. Right. That, that, if you got an attitude problem, and you're sassy at times, and you like things a certain way, and you want to do this, just say it. Or just This is it. where relationships struggle. It's like, well, it's boring in bed. Have either one of you sat down and been like, I want to do this with you. I, I like it when you do this. I am feeling. I wish you could do this, or I wish we could try this, or what does this Can look like? Can you hang from the ceiling fan? Sure. Well, yes you know no. what I mean? Like Yes or no. <laughs> if that's what it's going to take, right? <laughs> Look, just grab a hold of it. <laughs> like, I'm sorry, but ladies, you may be cool with missionaries the rest of your life, but some dudes just like to smack some ass sometimes. Some dudes like to pull some hair sometimes. Some dudes like to I've, do other things. I'm just and some girls and, and do vice too. Don't versa. Yeah, right. Yeah. Like it. What I'm saying is, if you don't allow the space to exist because you're so afraid of what, like, if you see me naked, you should know everything about me. <laughs> if you see me naked, you don't want to know nothing more about me. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm just saying, like, how much more vulnerable can you get besides standing at the edge of the bed naked? Like, like this is the space the where you exist. What's right. up? What's up? You still like me? Like I Chris. <laughs> I hate 
dancing. It's never been my thing. <laughs> but guess. he can do a helicopter, damn it. <laughs> but, but damn it if I won't do what my wife calls the dancing bear in the house, clothed and otherwise, right? Like, it's oh, fun. Hold on, stop, stop, stop. <laughs> stop the record. Stop the record. The dancing bear? She's like, oh, he's my little dancing bear, and I don't dance. Can we see this? No. Please. My wife is Ladies the only one that has seen can, this. Can we get this is where it everybody lies. comment right now? Let's, Chris, what do you but think? But that's my point. What, Chris? Hashtag dancing bear. Can we see this? No. I'm not giving up on this. Not going to happen. <sighs> this is the joy Chris that I get. Chris will get waxed. Get, I'm see, I'm not comfortable enough with you because you haven't seen me naked yet. So <laughs> we got to set boundaries right we gotta now. we got to set some boundaries right now. This is where I say no. Oh, but my point is, like, if you don't have that comfort level with someone, there's your first problem. Well, here's the thing. Like the, and, you know, when you first meet somebody that fires there, that sparks there, and you have amazing, amazing sex life, and things are really great, if it's not that, like, and it dies, and one of the partner, it doesn't die, it, it you know, I, I know life happens, and you have children, and, and jobs, and careers, and this, and that, and PTA, I get it, you know, and the sex life kind of dies, but I think that's a level of, of expected, but there's also, like, well, she or he put on this hell of a show and it was amazing. And now I'm not, I have to beg for sex once a month and, and I'm just not unhappy. You know, that's the thing. Set the realistic expectation yeah. from the I word thought that's where you, go. Yeah. This is what I like. This is what we need to do. This is what happens. And again, sex isn't going to hold you together forever. Uh, but attraction is not going to hold. There's people like the little well, teddy know, bear dance. That one. Yeah. I'm going to die dancing as a teddy bear <laughs> on my bed. That's where we're at. I'm just saying, just just be real with yourself first, and with the ceiling fan, and be willing to explore what it looks like to move forward. Like you got to be willing to get a little awkward and try some things. Like I did that because I thought I've never wanted to dance around anybody before, right? And it turns into this funny little thing around the house. <laughs> oh, come so, on. please, sorry, Jenny, 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 please, <laughs> this is, please get a recording this of this. Is where I draw the line, <laughs> please. So. <laughs> I'll just start a OnlyFans and my Nancy I'm, I'm, I'm texting Jenny right now. Where's she at? So this is where you got to just draw the line of like, what does it look like for me to be willing to get awkward? He with just someone? texted Jenny and said, "Do not respond." Don't respond, to Marty. <laughs> um, it's the. It just. I just want to leave with this because we're getting close on time. We've talked about a lot today. When you're setting boundaries, you got to set them with yourself first. You got to know what you actually want to do and what you're willing to do and be okay with not doing anything in that moment. Now, struggle for more, drive for more, be willing to fail. All these other things that we talk about still exist. I'm not saying go be a lazy piece of crap. I'm saying just be honest. If you're lazy, you're lazy. Maybe one day you won't be. Maybe you should try to not be and see if you actually are thrived by, because, man, some people get in the gym and it's just like a euphoric thing, and they're like, damn, I'm, I'm missing I, out. I want more you got to be willing to try, but that that goes in relationships, too. Sex won't hold you together. Love won't hold you together. Love, love. Money won't hold you together. I hate that. I think so many people stay in bad, horrible, toxic relationships based around because we love I, each other. Because I love him. Or Clearly I you love don't, because I mean, it's toxic. It's not, it's, it's not real love, right? Because... You'll stay in a, in an unconditional love, an unconditional relationship, being treated like shit. So, and you see that a lot in, in recovery because people in early recovery, you know, need let's more, be I, honest, right? I, like, I, would I don't more, know. I would need more context. Even then, you got to go try. I don't even think you know if you're asking. Right, right. 
Go try things. And if it doesn't sit right, move on. I think the most important thing to learn about boundaries is like, first off, you got to have them. You got to mm-hmm. find out what, like you're saying, you got to know what they are and know what you're willing to tolerate and right. know and know exactly what you're not. I think people have that. It's just sticking to boundaries is the problem. Well, for sure, because they start to feel bad, right? Because yeah. these people, and there's manipulative people that'll make you feel bad. Well, you weren't there for me. Well, I didn't know it was a damn competition. Yeah, yeah. And if someone's holding you in a competition, that's not a very good friend. Yeah, yeah. deuces. Because it's like, hey, if you only did that for me because you were trying to put one on the chalkboard so that you could call me one day, screw you, get out. A lot of people I'm are good. Like that. Right, people are like that because I've had people that'll do stuff for me, and then all of a sudden they're like, "Well, let me buy you dinner. Well, let me give you some money." No, that's not why I do this. Yeah, yeah. I do this because I was willing to in that moment, and that's what I want to do. Yeah. That same thing goes for other things in the relationship. Don't try to. If you're doing something to fix someone else, not going to work. Right there, right. Just right there. Biggest problem. Just right there. You need to focus on yourself. The only thing like we do a lot of. A lot of what people learn in life is is not being what they're told to do, you know. It's it's what they you know lead by example in a lot of in a lot of a lot of scenarios in today's world. Like you lead by example. I'm not going to learn from you telling me, but if I see you do it and I see the results from it, hmm, I might give that a go. Right. You know. But it's difficult. So when it comes to family, because it's funny, because Mel Robbins did a whole thing in this chapter about it. It's like. You got to understand that if you are only doing something to make someone else happy and it's not actually making you happy, you're not serving that person. And so you need to keep that in mind when you're saying the word yes. If you can actually do it and be okay with it, then do it. If you can't, then don't. And if you could have and didn't, that's okay. But you got to explore the space is all I'm going to say. You got to explore the space and be okay with whatever it looks like on the other side because right now you don't know. That's why you're asking. And a lot of people, codependent people in general, um, they don't do something for somebody else. They don't. I mean, and I think a lot of people have codependency to some degree. I think most people have codependency to some degree. And, and a lot of people, uh, when you, when a codependent person does something for somebody else, like their love, their, their daughter, or their son, it, the sick part of it is they're not actually doing it for said person. They're doing it f- to make them feel better. Right. Like, I did this. I got to, you know. And you'll hear a lot of codependent people will tell you exactly what they've done for you. Though they got, they got that scoreboard. Um, and, and the real reality of it is, is like, I know, you're not ignorant. You know, giving your son $40 for when he says he needs a cheeseburger and he's an active addiction. You, there's a part of you who actually knows that you're not giving that $40 for a cheeseburger. Right, but you want to do it because you you want to you need you 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 need to feel like you're helping. You know, I'm helping my you know that's the sick part of it because you know, right? So it's not about helping that other person because you can make your son a cheeseburger if you really want to help him out. But you're giving him forty dollars because that's what he wants, and you want to be a yes person. You want to be that person who fixes your son's problem at the time, and at the time he needs forty dollars for a cheeseburger. Well, here's the thing. So I was. My mom recently, she has a circle of friends, and in one of those circles of the people that they have, like I believe it's a church group with, um, one of their sons is struggling with addiction, right? Mm -hmm. So my mom was trying to, like, share my story and try to uplift them and and be okay with it, and me and my mom were talking about it. And uh, she goes, "How how do you stop them from enabling? Because in their eyes, they're like, well, if I don't... He's gonna die. 
what they're not understanding is that $40 that you just gave him will also kill him. Most likely nowadays. You know so I mean? it's like it's a Russian roulette. There is no way to guarantee what it looks like. And think about that. Well, I was just trying to help. Well, if you were trying to not kill your child, you got to understand that too can kill your child. So you're screwed either way. So let's go with the way that historically we know works. Well, when people don't have anywhere else to go, they typically it. will find their way out. And that's it. Like you giving him $40 is stopping him from hitting a rock bottom. And a rock bottom is basically I'm at the bottom. I don't, I have reached out to this person and this person, nobody will quote unquote help me. Right. That's when you're like, Oh, I got no choice. I have to go get help because nobody gave me $40 for a cheeseburger when I actually want a bag of heroin. But you know, and that's, and that's one of the things that's hard to coach a, a mom or a dad or a wife or a husband into the idea. Like you are, you are not, you are stopping them from hitting that bottom. And that bottom is very, uh, it has to happen. It has to happen. And why would anybody want to get help from whatever is going on in their life? It could be drugs and alcohol. And I could, I'm all, always relating to drugs and alcohol. Mm-hmm. But why would anybody want help if they got everything they got? You know what I mean? If I get to use heroin every day and I still get to go home to my mom's house and, and she's got dinner ready for me and I got a bedroom and I got a shower and I got, and then I can leave later on and get $40 from it. Why would I ever want to get help? I got everything I ever wanted. Right. Everything's cushy. Everything's comfortable. You could, you, but, but if you love your son who's doing this, you say, today's the last day. You're not coming to this house. There's a trash bag full of your clothes out on the porch. Or there's a backpack right there where you can go to treatment. But as to, after today, you can go to treatment or you're taking that trash bag and you're leaving. I'm not giving you $20 when you're hungry. I don't care if you're starving, crying. I'm not going to give you that $20. You're not coming here to shower or sleep or sleep it off. It ain't happening. Not one time. I'm not giving you. Oh, and by the way, I'm cutting off your phone. Your phone's done. You're not getting the, you're not, I got the keys. You're not driving your car that I pay for. Mm -hmm. It's done. It's all over. So you got a choice. And, you know, eight times out of 10, when they, when that person, that kid knows that the parents are actually serious. They'll take that. They'll take that uh, backpack every time, but there is sometimes when they'll take. You know, and this is where parents are really scared of. Like, I can't just turn him out into the street. Yes, you can. Yes, you can because that's what's gonna. That's what it's gonna take for him to realize that he has no choice. Right. And a drug addict with a choice is is a dangerous thing. Yep. You know, a drug addict in active addiction with choices is a very dangerous thing. You know, and what I've seen happen a few times, quite a few times, uh, they'll take the trash bags, they'll leave, they'll spend up that $20 that they have in their pocket and realize, oh, shoot, my phone's off. I'm going to call mom off my buddy's phone. Mom, seriously, like, just get 20 more dollars. I'm starving. I'm hungry. I'm cold, man. Help me out. And mom says no. And then the reality sits in. Like, oh, she's serious. Okay. And then they might squirm around for a little bit. And then they're like, okay, mom, fine. I'm ready. You know, and that's what happened. And yes, it is a, it is a, it is a risk, but it's not nearly as high as a risk as keep continually buying them dope, which is what you're doing. Right. You know, they can die either way. And and you can't control when someone's going to die. So you can't prevent it by giving them money and you can't guarantee it by cutting them off. Like there's no, there is no, if you knew what the other side of the fence looked like, there'd be no reason to go over there. I mean, no reason to have a conversation. right? Right. Yeah. That's kind of the point. Like, we have to let life be on some level and trust in, like, I did my job. I gave an option. 
They chose not to take it. I'm sad about it. That is now their decision, sick or not. Well, in in hindsight, I mean, in in the overlook of the situation is, it's actually your chances of that person getting help is 10 times greater than than you doing, continually doing the same way you're doing. It works for me. Mine was a mixture of my brother explaining to me that I was holding my family hostage, my mom for the first time in my life. Not being there after I got in a wicked car accident because I was messed up. Yeah, I called her and one, she one didn't of many, her. one of thousand times you've called her, and I was pissed. Yeah, like How legitimately mad at my mom. And How when dare I, you? When I finally got a hold of her, she's like, "Look, if you want to kill yourself, I don't want to watch anymore. I'm done. I'm done." Yeah. And then my dad fired me from the company that I helped build, and I went, "What the?" All of a sudden, everything kind of smacked me in the face. I went, "Who the hell am I? What the hell happened? Like, what? Where am I right now? Right? That that, ladies and gentlemen, is called a rock bottom. Right." And it wouldn't have happened if they would have kept feeding you. Right. Yeah. So just understand that when you set that boundary with anybody on any level and you stand up and say, I know what's right in my heart, and either we mesh or we don't on any level, whether it be someone in addiction or not, yeah. I know what's right in my heart. I'm going to trust my heart right now, and you got to stay in your lane and let it be. And that's, and that's okay. Like, I don't know. I can't predict well, I don't know if that person will go to treatment or die. No. I don't know if this person will act accordingly or continue the path that they're going. I don't know if this person will ever talk to me or hate me again. Right. But my boundary is I love me mm-hmm. and I care about all, you know, I'm tired. I'm I'm done with all the stuff you being in my life has caused me. Right. So I'm done. And that's that's the basis of it all is I have to set that boundary for me. Stop trying to control the outside world and start trying, not even trying, start doing what you can control, which is what goes on inside of you. Amen. That's where the boundaries go. We love you guys.